Hello and uh, welcome back to the Tony Houchab podcast. I'm Tony Houchab and today I'm joined by um, Hannah Top. We'll get to that a little bit more uh, later on. Uh, for those that are tuning in for the first time, uh, you're tuning in uh, with me doing a podcast from Sydney, Australia. Today is a pretty rainy, overcast day. Uh, but just a reminder that the whole intention of uh, the Tony Housewife podcast is to have real and raw conversations uh, with people I like and trust. There is no editing, um, there is no production, there's no headsets, there's no cameras. It's just me and a friend talking into my phone and then uh, sort of uh, putting that out there. Uh, for those that are listening again, thank you so much. I appreciate all the feedback that you gave me on the first podcast uh, episode I did uh, with Boston Hills, Lara Nesessian. I really want to thank you for the time that you invested to um, give me encouragement, support, and for those that really uh, wanted to uh, make me kind of get to the next level, uh, provided me with some amazing feedback. I mean, I've had uh, over a dozen uh, different messages from different people with some amazing feedback, so thanks again for that. This podcast is going to be available on the Anchor app, so for those that haven't had a chance to download the app, go for it. It's an amazing startup app that's uh, allowed me to have a great platform. It's also available on the uh, more popular and more known Apple Podcasts and iTunes, as well as Pocket Cast and Public Radio. All right, let's get uh, straight into it. And uh, for those uh, that are listening, I've got Hannah Top with me today. And, and today's uh, topics that Hannah and I are going to um, really share, and I'm so excited to, to bring Hannah to you all. Uh, there's three topics that we're going to cover today. The first is powerlifting. Uh, just stay tuned. There will be more on that. It's going to be a real cool topic. Then we're going to talk about women in strength training, and then we're going to close out the episode with uh, a discussion, a wide-ranging discussion around self-discipline and all the topics with that. Now, before I go on, I might uh, just uh, get Hannah uh, to talk a little bit about who she is, how we met, and I guess why we're here, and uh, Hannah, over to you. All right, cool. Thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited. Um, I've been telling people about this for the past few weeks but first of all I just want to explain to everyone or tell everyone what I'm seeing right now so we're currently <laughs> talking into a phone with a glove on top of it because through the anchor app you need something covering the earpiece is it earpiece yeah yeah so like uh um, yeah it's just really weird talking to a glove but all right anyway so my name's Hannah I am originally from Queensland um and yeah I have a undergrad degree in sports and exercise science which I did in Melbourne then I moved to England and worked as a personal trainer at Leeds Uni for a year and yeah now I'm back in Sydney doing my master's of physiotherapy um, for those of you who don't know I'm a powerlifter I guess I could I should probably explain what powerlifting is or we're we talking about that later yeah we'll, we'll definitely get to that, I'd, oh, love yeah, to, to that um, later, yeah. I'd love to sort of uh, get the audience and, the, and those that are listening to because um, I can hear a bit of an English twang right so <laughs> You know, just trying to work out where are you from, where's your family from, you know, yeah. uh, where's that twang from and, and how long were you overseas? All right, cool. Well, all my family is still back in Queensland. Um, so I think, ah, uh, gosh, I haven't lived in Toowoomba now for like six years Toowoomba. or something. Toowoomba, yeah. Okay, and where, whereabouts is that sort of regional? Regional Queensland, about two hours from Brisbane. Right. So I say it's close to Brisbane when really it's not that close, but... It's close in Australia. <laughs> the closest thing that people can um, relate to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, so I moved to England in December in 2016 after graduating from Victoria Uni in, down in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and then I was in England for just over a year, about 15 months, I think it was. Wow. And so I started off living in North Wales in a place called Bangor. Um, <laughs> the most random name. Yeah. Um, while it was a really nice town, I'd never go back there. <laughs> 
Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> um, and those listening can probably relate if they know what Bangor is. And then I moved to Leeds and was living in the north of England. So a lot of times when people ask me, oh, where in England are you from? Are you from the north? You've got a northern accent. Well, that's where it comes from. That's where it comes Leeds. from. So, yeah. Okay. So you've uh, born and bred in Queensland, mm-hmm. did some uh, study in Melbourne, went to London, and now you're back in Sydney. Now I'm back in Sydney doing my Master's of Physio, so, which is really exciting. And I still can't believe that I've even got accepted into Sydney Uni because um, last year it was voted the best in the world for physiotherapy, Wow. Okay. which was pretty cool. Well done. And so, look, um, I think the other thing that uh, we might need to explain, other than why there's a, a, a glove covering the earpiece <laughs> on my phone, um, we might want to explain, I guess, uh, you know, how you and I met. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, it just might be interesting to some of the listeners as to how mm-hmm. we are sitting here today and, and how it all came about. Yeah, cool. So I reached out to Tony on Instagram. I'm not really sure what how that started, but I, anyway, viewed Tony's profile and was like, oh, this guy's making a podcast and I'm thinking of making a podcast myself. And I was like, I'm going to reach out to him, see what advice he has mm-hmm. to start a podcast and, you know, how he went about it. And so, yeah, we got chatting and then next thing you know, he's asked me to be on his podcast and now we're here, which is pretty exciting. It's it's like, an amazing um, yeah. experience where uh, I think I posted some stuff yesterday around, you know, not everybody on, on uh, Instagram that's following you as a fan at the mm-hmm. same time there's an absolute majority of people in that Insta family that um, are really there to help you succeed and I remember uh, Hannah reached out to me um, just out of the blue I just put out my first podcast I was kind of feeling quite anxious and nervous I didn't think anybody was going to listen I didn't think anybody was going to reach out and you know, to her credit she was like hey I'm thinking about doing my own podcast uh, can you give me any advice? And I was sitting there thinking, like, I'm an absolute fraud. I'm an imposter. I, I just started the podcast and I don't even know what the hell I'm doing. And so, um, you know, to her credit, I just said, why don't you come and do an episode rather than me telling you what to do? Why don't we just, I guess, yeah, teach what we learn and, and learn along the way. So exactly, I'm really excited to have her here. And it's, again, the power of um, Instagram, which I need to sure. kind of talk a little bit about. Um, over the last year, Instagram has literally created so many opportunities and options for me to connect with some amazing people here in the States, Canada, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really created an amazing platform for me to have a voice and I think for a lot of other people. Yeah, 100%. Um, and now I'm doing a podcast. So it's with Hannah Top, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> and I think um, one of the things that Hannah and I have before we get into, I guess, powerlifting one of the things that we have in common is, you know, Hannah was talking to me earlier about educating others while educating ourselves. So it's mm-hmm. going to be something that her own podcast um, will be really focused on. Yeah. And I'd love to, I'm going to put you on the spot, I'd love to be on that podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas for me, I think I've set it out from the start, the whole intention of doing what I do is about teaching what I learn along the way. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to create more listeners. I actually want to create more podcast creators because I think there's so much amazing content in people's minds and there's so many experts out there and people who have fascinating stories mm-hmm. that I would love to hear from. And so um, I think today, the first episode that I did, um, or the, the last episode that I did, it's got about 85 unique listeners. So thank you again, guys. So now we're going to move into, um, I guess, the, the key topic mm-hmm. um, of, of powerlifting. And you know, I'm really fascinated. Uh, this year, I've been getting to know a lot of amazing people who are in powerlifting, and it seems to be the next big thing that's coming mm-hmm. through. And uh, I'm sure people listening are going, 
like what is powerlifting? Do you just, you know, is it like the strong man or woman competition where you mm-hmm. pull trucks or push planes? <laughs> like, what, what is it? So maybe you could talk a little bit about yeah, that and then um, yeah, anything else that you want to share in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so powerlifting is a strength sport. Um, it's based on three lifts, so you squat, bench press, and deadlift. And it just te- it tests, I guess, your maximal strength in those three right. lifts. And in a competition, you do those three lifts, and at the end, it gets added to a total. And then the person with the best total, you know, places in the competition. All right, Does that so make sense? So yeah. um, I'll give you an example. So last competition I did uh, a few weeks ago now, um, squat 157.5, bench 70, and then deadlift 165. Gets added as a total, which I think was 395, wow. if my maths yep, is yep, good. Yep. I don't really know. Um, but then, then, yeah, which placed me in first. So that's pretty cool. So it's, okay. yeah, that's, test of maximal power, basically. So if we go back a step, right? Yeah. So and I know some people listening are quite um, sporty, yeah. quite orientated. Others are a bit like me and mm-hmm. just don't have a clue. <laughs> so when we talk about powerlifting, having three moves, the mm-hmm. squat, I think a lot of people are familiar with the squat, yeah. which is effectively you kind of having a seat or trying to sit down while standing up but don't sit down yeah, with weight exactly. on your shoulders yeah right? with, a, with a bar on your back yeah and, and there's technical rules as well so with a squat you have to reach um, below parallel so your hips have to go sorry your hips have to go below your knees and then there's judges that tell you yes you did it or no you didn't okay and then um, you said bench which bench I think press which a lot of people know what that is where you're lying mm-hmm. on a bench and you've got some weights and you've got to push them up yeah basically someone will hand out a bar to you off the rack yep. and then pull it down to your chest and then wait for the press command, and then press it up again. Okay. Um, and then deadlift. Like a lot of people are going, what is a deadlift? Like, <laughs> deadlift. What does that look like? What is it, you know? Okay, deadlift. So you stood on this platform, and you've got a bar with loaded weights on the floor. And basically, you just got to pick it up. And, yeah, pick it up, put it down when the judge says down. Got so, it. Got it. So you're in a standing position, yeah. you reach down, you pick Set up it. the bar with a lot of weight on it, mm-hmm. depending on what weight you've decided to load for it. Yeah. And then you just effectively stand up stand up with it smile at the top I always smile at the top, smile of my deadlift. At the top. I love that okay <laughs> and then yeah wait for the down command and then pop it down and then yeah so with the deadlift you have to stand up straight lock your knees lock your hips and yeah okay so for some people that are listening you know they're probably their minds jumping to like the Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games yeah. where they're thinking about weightlifting mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a whole other topic but this is completely different, different this right? is completely different yeah so you've got Olympic weightlifting which is Olympic weightlifting you're putting a bar over your head with the powerlifting the bar doesn't go over your head so think of it like that so Olympic weightlifting you're yeah lifting the bar up and putting it over your head somehow and then yeah powerlifting is completely different so it's like a I guess Olympic lifters use powerlifting to develop their strength for their squat if that makes sense got it so just to recap you know um, powerlifting has three moves Mm -hmm. it's a strength based sport and it's Mm -hmm. about testing the maximum amount that you can lift yeah when you add three weights or three movements and the weights that you lift in total yeah yeah Cool. And when you were saying those numbers before, mm-hmm. like, you know, you said 140, 160, something yeah. like that? One, yeah, 157. We're talking kilos, right? Yeah, talking kilos. Wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's brilliant. And yeah. so when you say 395, that mm-hmm. is the combined um, yeah. total weight of each, each of lift. Each so lift. the heaviest lift. So uh, I should probably should have explained this a bit more, but you, in each lift you get three attempts. So your first attempt, the idea is you want to build a total. So... You always start off with squats and you have three attempts. So you start off with something that is pretty easy, something you've done in the gym, probably about, you know, you can do probably like three or four reps with it. Something that's easy, you get out there, just yeah. breaks the nerves, basically. Um, and then your second attempt, you usually move to about probably 97% of your max. And then your third attempt generally is you trying to get a new personal best. So does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Yeah, perfect. And then you go on to bench press and the same thing again. Something 
the first attempt. Something easy, something that you've done in the gym loads of times before, just to get your nerves out of the way. Yeah. And then, yeah, same again. Second attempt, then your third attempt, trying a new PB. And once again, deadlifts as well, because the idea is to build a total. So if you're competing and you miss all three of your squats, then you can't total, which means you're technically disqualified from the competition. Got it. And you're but competing you still... against yourself, right? You're not yeah, competing against anybody else. Not like mm. it's a team sport. Yeah, it's exactly. It's an individual. It's an individual sport. You're competing against yourself, and that's why I love it so much. Is because while it's still essentially a competition, yeah. you're there for you and to compete against you. But everyone else is there cheering you on. Like everyone wants to see you succeed. Everyone wants to see you do well, and just, everyone lifts you up. And the atmosphere is just amazing. Like the powerlifting community is incredible. I think there's a whole, knowing a few amazing powerlifters like yourself mm-hmm. and others, I think there's a whole podcast of just the powerlifting community. Oh, definitely, um, 100%. But what I'd love to know, and I think what people listening um, would love to hear a little bit more about is, like, why? Like, why did you get into powerlifting? <laughs> How long have you been doing it? Yeah. Like, what, what have you gotten out of it? And, mm-hmm. and you, you know, just a little bit more yeah. on that. So it was... Oh. Just over two years ago now, I was in the gym training with my old personal trainer and I just, I was so sick of having the goal of, I want to lose weight and tone up. I mean, what even is that? And anyway, so he was like, just enter a competition. It will keep you on track. It gives you a goal. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, it's either bodybuilding or powerlifting. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to do bodybuilding because I know I, I love my food too much, put it that way. And so I was like, yeah, cool, let's do powerlifting. So I entered my first novice competition in May in 2016, which was really fun just with a few people from the gym. We all trained together and then we went to this competition together and just, yeah, I had a really good day. It was great. And then from then on, I just fell in love with, with the sport. Like I just, I loved it. And then that's what kept me in the gym. I mean, even then I still didn't have a lot of consistency. Um, but sorry, going back before that, I had been in the gym for about three or four years before that, just doing strength training, but I had no consistency to my programming or to nutrition. And so I loved going to the gym and I was always quite strong, but I just needed to take it that step further by entering competition. And then towards the end of 2016 is when I saw that um, my coach and his business, so JPS Health and Fitness, they were looking for athletes to sponsor. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. What an amazing opportunity. And I applied for it. And I got the sponsorship, which was awesome. And I started working with my coach, Jacob, who's still my coach now. We worked online um, while I was living in England. And let me tell you, that was was so cool, just being able to have a coach. Like, he's in Melbourne, I'm in England, and we're talking through Skype every week. And he's doing my programs. That was really cool. And just to see how much I improved from that was amazing. So... It started off with me just needing it to, for like a goal to push myself, and yep. now I'm just so passionate and just so in love with the sport. And yeah, I really wanted to see how far I can push myself and push others as well. Like I love having others come up to me and be like, "Hey, can you can you teach me this? Can you teach me that? Or tell me more?" Yeah. And yeah. Wow. So like, it almost sounds like it's two years yeah, since two your years, first comp. Two years since my first comp, and then competing. I think competing seriously now for just over a year. Amazing. Yeah. And. Um, I'm assuming when you first got into it, like, mm-hmm. one of the things I noticed in life is that uh, even, like, you know, um, when you try something different or you do something that's outside the norm, people will kind of ask you why. Yeah. Why are you doing that? And then after a while, they'll get it and they'll kind of start asking you how. Like, can you show me how? Yeah, exactly. Did you have that experience? Are people, were people initially kind of saying, like, Hannah, like, why are you lifting heavy stuff? Why yeah. are you in competition? Yeah, I had so many people do that, especially my family who didn't really understand it. They're like, why are you doing that? Like aren't you going to break your back? (laughs) No, I'm not. Like I'm doing it because, you know, I love being in the gym and I need something to like, I need a a goal for myself. 
and yeah, and then now it's you know I'm getting people messaging me, being like, can you come show me this, show me that, and you know picked up a few clients. Like one of my clients back in England, she came to me wanting to learn to squat and deadlift, um, and she'd never bench press in her life. And just before I left England, we competed together at a competition, wow. which was incredible. Like just to see how like how much she improved, and she just developed this love for powerlifting, and she came to me wanting to squat and deadlift. So that was pretty cool. Amazing, and um, one of the things I'm curious about is like, for me personally, when mm-hmm. I look at, uh, when I go into the gym, or I haven't been in one of those for ages, <laughs> but when I used to go into a gym, or when I see people lifting like really heavy stuff, it's quite intimidating, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got a whole bunch of metal, you've got color-coded plates, you've got you know, people who are quite um, strong. How did you overcome, or did you have that sort of intimidation factor, or trying to kind of tackle into a sport that seems quite, you know, um, unknown for a lot of people mm, for sure I think I don't know I was very intimidated in the gym because you do see a lot of people lifting heavy and you're like oh gosh like, yeah. I don't want to go over there I don't want to ask them to share the platform or something and then you just I don't know I think after you start training in the sport yeah. and you're in that environment it becomes second nature to just walk into the gym and start doing your thing and I don't know what it was I think it's just powerlifting and the whole confidence thing in the gym um, but it just I don't know, it just came to me and I was able to go into the gym and get on with my squats or get on the bench and I don't know if it, it just, it just came to me and yeah. yeah. You just did like, it? I did, I did, yeah. yeah, I just did it. I just got into the gym and did it. I mean, it was hard at the start because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the gym unless I was with my personal trainer. I wouldn't go to the gym unless I had a friend with me, like if I wasn't seeing my PT and it was sort of like I needed someone to be there with me and then eventually I was like, nah, you've got this, just go into the gym and do do it. You know what you're doing and it was more about having confidence in the gym, I guess. And it's like, yeah, you know what you're doing, you can do it right. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's something in that, like I'd love to um, just ask you, you know, has, has doing powerlifting, has just having a disciplined routine where you're training, has that changed who you are? Has it changed your confidence? Has it changed the way you look at things? 100%. Like it has... My whole, like, not only physically, so my whole body composition has changed. When I started working with my coach, I was 92 kilos, and I'm about 78 kilo mark now. Um, so my whole body composition has changed in terms of losing fat and building muscle, which has made my self-esteem just increase, like, massively. Yeah. Um, I think just mentally as well, like, I've got, just got so much more confidence in myself and who I am, and I just I just go for things a lot more. I don't really overthink things. If I want to do something, I'll just do it. I won't really overthink it. Be like, oh, but what if this? What if that? And you know, I don't really let my mind stop me from doing things anymore. Um, if that makes sense. It kind of does. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I just want to kind of like unpack that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you, are you kind of saying that the fact that you faced into, um, you know, training, discipline, tackling something that kind of looked quite intimidating to begin with? Mm-hmm getting into the gym, doing the training, lifting those weights, has that sort of just physically, that's helped you, but then has it mentally made you stronger? Is that what yeah, you Yeah, mean? 100%. It definitely has. I think as well, knowing that, like, if I'm training for a competition, I know that I have to I have to go to the gym and train because if I don't, I'm not going to get better. So it's like anything else. They take my studies, for example. I've got an exam coming up. If, if I don't study for that, I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to know what I need to know. Yeah. So it's like... I have to study for it and it's like you're not going to train for a powerlifting competition two weeks out and you're not going to be like I want to do a competition in two weeks and just do it so same with your exams I've got an exam in two weeks I'm not going to just leave studying till like two days before and um, yeah I think as well it's just given me that um, I'm trying to think what to say right now um, I'm trying to think of an example but just 
I think I've just found myself more through powerlifting and started to not really care what other people think and I'm just doing things for myself. So I'll use an example in England, like I moved over for one of my ex-boyfriends and when I broke up with him, I was told that I should move back to Australia and I was like, you know what, stuff you, no, I'm staying in England because I want to stay here and yeah, I think I just stayed because I wanted to do it for me and I just, it just helped me have that bit more confidence, a bit more. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Sounds like you're on this journey of um, (laughs) kind of making yourself better and improving things and just doing the things that other people said you couldn't do or your mind told you you couldn't do. Yeah, exactly. And like loads of people have told me, like, you know, you get the negative Nancy's of of the world telling you, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. You're never going to get strong, never going to do this. And it's like, well, let me show you what I can do. And you do it and just push yourself further. And to anyone listening, that's called Nancy. Uh, you know, no, no <laughs> offense. Really no offense. It's just that it's the saying that it's we're going with. Uh, but you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people that are naysayers. Yeah. Um, and tell you what you can't do when they haven't even tried it themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Actually, um, just had this thought, right? Like, you know, for those that are on the uh, listening right now, you know, you're not seeing Hannah. You're not seeing her energy. You're not seeing. I guess you know she's beaming, um, smiling from energy, <laughs> talking about powerlifting. One of the things that you just did earlier, and, and forgive me for going here because we haven't necessarily talked about it, yeah. like, I think it's so refreshing that we've got women in strength sports, mm-hmm. but I'm also sitting across an amazing person who has battled and come through quite a lot in terms of um, overseas, training, you know, some of the stereotypes that you've had yeah. to tackle. You even kind of talked about your weight, which I find brilliant because mm-hmm. a lot of women and society at the moment kind of shies away from that, or if they do, you've got to be like some unrealistic number that doesn't look at your composition just looks like a total you're like 50 kilos you're 100 kilos you're 70 kilos and there's sort of judgment attached Mm -hmm. with that why why are you so comfortable talking about it and what's that journey been for you in terms of um, not only as an athlete but as a woman and then you know from a society perspective I don't um I don't know I feel like I don't know I've just gotten comfortable talking about I think um I know what I'm gonna say but I just can't put into words right now um let me think um it's a tough one right it is it is a tough one because i mean you know years like you know yes give me three years ago i would have people be like oh what do you weigh you wouldn't like i would never have told anyone and i would have been like like you know i always wanted i always had like a set number i wanted to reach on the scale and i think that was sort of stopping me from getting there and then once i've just entered this strength sport i'm just like well stop the scale now yeah what's, and, what's a number anyway right yeah exactly what is a number like like you know you get people who weigh 50 kilos but are, you know skin and bone but then you get people who weigh 50 kilos but they're muscle like it's what even is the number anymore on the scales and i think that's the thing that women get too caught up in is wanting to reach a certain number rather than it, it should be like how they're looking how they're feeling like you know your clothes fit again yeah. like you know I got to a point where so many of my clothes weren't fitting and I was like okay this needs to change and now I'm wearing things that like didn't fit for, like you know I haven't worn them for like three or four years now yeah. I'm like holy crap this is so good I think when you stop worrying about the scale you just worry about how you're feeling and your energy levels like you know if you're eating if you're eating well um, just getting active you just start to feel more positive and you start to have more energy and then you're like you like look at yourself in the mirror one day and you're like oh I look great and then <laughs> yeah. yeah you just go on with it from there and then you just gotta you gotta sort of filter out the negative comments about that and ignore what people say about you and that was that was, that was a big one because I used to care so much for what people thought of me 
and you know I'd try to do everything to please everyone else or look a certain way look a certain way to I was like yeah I need to look a certain way but now I'm like no I'm happy with who I am I'm happy in my like myself with like my self esteem I'm happy in my body and that's a really important message you need to put across to women it's because you just yeah isn't that all that counts right I, I, I just find it fascinating that I'm sure people listening right now, both men and women, like this is a mm-hmm. this is a human thing, not a, a gender thing. Yeah. You know, as a bloke, 100%. you, you got to be a hundred kilo bloke to be a, a rugby player or some, you know, to be a, a mm-hmm. truly considered as a masculine guy, or you've got to be like this petite little thing um, that you know has the right number on the scale to be a, a feminine woman. And I don't think mm-hmm. I think somewhere along the lines, as a society, we've lost our way. Yeah. And to hear you talk about not only your weight, to hear you talk about how happy you are, and to hear you talk about it's not the scale, it's the mm-hmm. substance of what's in my body and the quality of my body composition. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, definitely. I think there's been, like, there's just so many, I guess, stereotypes in society that you need to look a certain way if you want to do something. Like, you want to be a personal trainer? Cool. Lose 10 kilos and you can be a personal trainer. Like, there's so many, yeah, there's, there's that pressure to look a certain way, which is, I, I guess, I'm trying to, like, get the message across is no you don't have to look a certain way to do something yeah that makes sense but. I, um, I, I saw this and it's not mine I saw this quote ages ago I can't remember where it came from mm-hmm. but um, it was like this sort of throwaway line where uh, someone was saying I, I want to lose 10 kilos and this person in response said well that's very easy I can do that tonight and they're like what, what do you mean and they said well just chop off an arm <laughs> like if, if you really like if you want to just like lose 10 kilos there's yeah. ways to go about it but to what effect, to what point, and what's the quality of that number? So are you losing fat? Are you losing muscle? Are you losing mm. your health just so you can look a certain way or exactly. to have a certain number pop up? And if you ignored that scale and just, to your point, trained, ate the right stuff, had the mm-hmm. right discipline, isn't it all about just being happy and being the best shape of your life? Yeah, exactly. Just being happy with who you are. Surround yourself. I think surrounding yourself with positive people as well will help that. And yeah, get, yeah. Be happy with who you are. Go to the gym. Train what you love doing, and then, yeah. Oh look, I, I, I actually feel quite um, inspired by the fact that <laughs> it's refreshing to see someone who has walked away from all the bullshit, mm-hmm. and I'm going to call it that. So yeah, forgive me, guys, 100%. but walked away from the bullshit of the numbers, the sort of image, the mm-hmm. societal pressure, and just is doing stuff for them. And you're beaming with like happiness and great energy, and the vibe that I'm getting from you right now is amazing. <laughs> so I think it's it's brilliant. I'd also um. You know, maybe we just sort of talk a little bit about women in strength sports mm-hmm. because I think, again, maybe we're just touching a lot of taboos here, but yep. I don't really care. Um, I think that's an interesting topic. So for those listening right now who are considering doing some training or getting some strength sport or just lifting heavy shit, yeah, what's your advice to them if you know they're sitting there and they're just not sure what the first step is or they've got some concerns? Just go for it, but also reach out for help. So if you are sat listening to this podcast, I don't know, whatever you might be doing, driving, sitting at home, whatever, and you're like, yeah, I want to go to the gym, I want to get strong, um, you know, do your research, find a gym, um, but also find a coach, find someone who knows what they're doing and that can help you and support you and guide you, you know, to start your journey because, I mean, there's nothing more overwhelming than wanting to start someone, uh, start some, like start something and being like, where the hell do I start? Mm. Who's going to help me? Like, you need to reach out for that help. So, you know, whether it is talking to a coach or your personal trainer or joining a gym that has a powerlifting squad or a strength club, um, do that. And then next thing you know, you'll have someone who, like, can mentor you into 
you know, getting into the gym and showing you all the fundamentals, but then you, all of a sudden you've got this amazing community around you who are yeah. like, come train with us, let's do this, let's do that. And, you know, we do, like, every week I train with, like, girls at the gym and, you know, some days we go out for lunch afterwards. A few weeks ago we bought donuts with the gym and had a push-up <laughs> competition with donuts. And then so next thing, you know, you're surrounded by all these amazing people yeah. who just want to help you. And then I think the, the biggest thing is, though, is getting into the gym. So my advice would be is to do research, get someone professional that can help you, and then get into the gym and then, you know, work on your basics. And know that it's going to take time. It's a, it's a process. Yeah. Getting, mm. you know, learning the basic movements, then increasing your strength, increasing your muscle. It takes time, but you need to just learn to enjoy the process of it. And that's a big one is just enjoy the process and trust the process as well. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, but I'm not getting stronger. I want to, I want to add 20 kilos to my squat in a month or... But you're not going to do that. You need to have realistic goals of, yeah. that you need. Yeah, realistic goals and just enjoying it. Yeah, no, that's it's super insightful. For those mm-hmm. that are listening, um, I cannot recommend more highly for you to reach out to Hannah. And <laughs> I'll put, um, obviously, in the links, um, Hannah's details. And on Instagram, you can reach out to Hannah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, I'm sitting across from someone who's, like, not intimidating, absolutely genuine, very personable, beaming with energy, loves what they do. And I think you can actually help make a difference to a lot of people, um, yeah. men and women who want to kind of For get sure. into something that they haven't done. And I guess what I'm taking away from you, Hannah, is there's something really powerful in in doing shit that you didn't think you could do and lifting yeah. heavy shit that you didn't think you'd lift. Exactly. And just pushing yourself that, that extra, you know, the extra step and being like, oh, hey, I've done this. And then actually looking at, like, taking time to reflect on what you've done as well and being like holy crap, I've done that. And then you're like, that's amazing, go me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, everyone can do it. Like just looking at your journey, like whether it is moving to a different state for uni or to the other side of the world or getting into the gym for the first time is a massive thing as well. Like, and you need to, you know, celebrate the little wins in life. Absolutely. And, and look, before um, we move on to, I guess, I'd love to hear a bit more about who your influences are, etc. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you did touch a lot about um, sort of just doing it, getting into it, a little bit about you know um, the training that you do. I'd, I'd love to now move on to influences, and then maybe another segment we'll talk a little bit about self-discipline. Yeah. Because I'm assuming you don't get oh, to yeah. where you are today with just <laughs> rocking up, entering the gym, and just lifting stuff. There's, a, sure. there's a technique and a, and a process to it. Yeah. You did talk a little bit about trusting the process, but let's come back yeah. to that. Um, Sounds good. For now, I'd just love to hear a bit more about. Who your, who your current or past influences mm-hmm. are, who you're working with, who you're training with, um, just so that people can kind of get a sense of the community that is powerlifting. Yeah, so all my influences. One of my big influences I need to say, first of all, is my coach, Jacob. He has just inspired me to just do so much, and I really do appreciate that. So he is a massive influence in me, and especially with the early mornings, I often see Jacob, he puts on his Instagram, his like, alarm set for 3.45 in the morning, and I'm like, you know what, if Jacob can do it, so yeah. can I. And so then I set my alarm for 3.45 and next thing I'm up going to the gym. Um, but one of my main influences in powerlifting is this girl, Sherry Miles, in the UK. So I first saw Sherry last year in May when I was doing the English Nationals. And I just saw her and I was just like, wow, holy shit, this girl is amazing. Like, she's just she's just goals. And as like... I don't know, she just came into the gym, she was like into the where we were competing, she was so happy and so full of energy and like this girl is incredible. And so from then on I just started following her journey and then I actually reached out to her through Instagram right, okay. being like, Hey, I really, really like you know, I'm really inspired by you, like you you're amazing. Can I come train with you? And then I went and trained with Sherry 
in London, which was amazing. Wow. So that was really cool. Um, but she just, just her determination and passion for the sport is what's really inspiring. And I think, yeah. And then that's, you know, lots of people inspire me. And it's about, it's about how hard they work uh, and, like, you know, how hard they work for something they want. And it's, you know, not necessarily someone who has a billion Facebook fans or Instagram followers or, you know, it's someone that's like, I want to achieve this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it and get there. And so like loads of my friends inspire me and yeah, and I think, um, yeah. So just local, you know, it yeah, sounds like, like you take inspiration from those around you yeah. plus some really cool figures in the industry. Exactly. And I think just, you know, just everyone I train with inspires me as well. Just them getting into the gym is amazing and seeing and hearing their journeys is so good. Like, and just knowing that you're going to go to the gym with some great girls and guys and just, you know, you know you're going to go in and have fun and then the session's over and you're like, yeah, that didn't really feel hard at all. And you just... That, that's just cool. Like, we all come together and yeah. do our thing and then, yeah. Okay. And who, who are you training? So you mentioned the, the, the community. You mentioned some mm-hmm. of the girls that you train with. Who are some of those um, individuals and that you're training with right now? Yeah. And... So one of the girls I'm training with at the moment, Adele. I love Adele so much. So Adele is actually from Melbourne. Yep. And she is coached by Jacob also. Funnily enough, we um, started chatting through Instagram and so she's moved to Sydney. I've moved to Sydney, and we've started training together. Wow. So she's the one that I get up with, get up for at four o'clock in the morning. We I drive over to Ataman and train with her, and then we go back to hers, have brekkie, and then get on with our day. And it's amazing because we're both like, you know, if one of us is like, oh, I can't be bothered getting out of bed today, or I don't really feel like it. The other ones usually like, no, let's do this. Like, let's get ourselves into the gym, and we feel amazing afterwards. Yeah. So we both push each other and like, you know, inspire each other, I guess, to get to the gym. And then there's one of the other girls, Ange, at the gym as well. She's she's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we just go there. We have so much fun. And then as well, um, Lift Performance Center. I train at in Redfern. There's a group of girls there that I train with, and they're just they're all so inspiring to me, and they're just fun to be around. And yeah, so. Shout out to those girls. <laughs> yeah, no, look, shout out to everybody that's yeah, getting up at sure. 3.45 while the rest of us are sort of still sleeping. Yeah. Um, that takes a lot of heart and courage and it sounds like you've got it definitely some really cool people around you that have similar goals, similar mm-hmm. mindset, similar energy. Exactly. I think, you know, I think it's, it's about surrounding yourselves with positive people, not the ones who whinge about how tired they are or how much they didn't want to get out of bed this morning or who are just, who are just getting through life. Like you want someone who just wants to kick the door down and get yeah. through there and um, yeah sounds like you've got a good squad around you yeah for sure hey um just uh something you said that i'm really interested in uh you so you talked a little bit about the community mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about getting up at 345 yeah training and then you feel awesome to start your day yeah just so that i'm clear right mm-hmm. just so that everyone that's listening is clear this isn't your full-time job. Training is not your full-time job. You actually have a life and you have a job, I'm assuming? Yeah, I've got three. You've got three jobs? <laughs> I've got three okay. jobs. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, training is, it's not my job, but I do it because I love it. And if I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to train in the morning because I've got a massive day full of uni and work, then I will do it because I have to fit it in. And, you know, that's what I do. I just, yeah, I love it. So I'll train in the morning and then usually I'll go to uni um, or I will, you know, I'll get up in the morning. If I'm not getting up at four o'clock to train, I'm getting up at four o'clock to go to work. And so I'm a strength conditioning coach and I absolutely love my job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I go to work and then I'll probably go to uni and then I'll train in the afternoon. So, you know, I fit training around everything else, but 
you know, long, like, you know, with work and three jobs and training, it's, it's a lot, but you know, I manage it. And then I'm just lucky. I've got friends who I see at the gym all the time. And then, yeah, I make time, you know, make time to go out for dinner with friends and make, you know, yeah. So let me just recap this because I'm like absolutely blown away. Uh, You're starting your masters. Yeah. So you're at uni. Yeah. You have um, a strict training regime. Mm -hmm. You get up super early. You've got a great group of people around you. At the same time, you don't work one, two, but three different jobs. Three different jobs. And then you're here on a Sunday morning doing a podcast with me. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we'll, we'll, so for those for those that are listening, like uh, you know, we're going to get to that because I think the next segment we're going to cover is self discipline. But mm-hmm. I just want to sort of, for what it's worth, like right now, you are the definition of just going after what you want, and there's no excuses. If you got time mm-hmm. to complain in my book, if you got time to complain, then you got time to do something about it. So I of think course. the fact that you're doing what you want to do and yeah. there's no excuses, you're just going after mm-hmm. it is exactly. um, quite inspirational. Yeah, and it's just it's just because I I love what I do, and I know now putting in the hard yards now. I know that it's gonna be worth it in ten years time. So, you know, I need to I need to work to live you know, I need to work to put myself through uni and yeah. to go grocery shopping and whatever. But I enjoy what I do, I find enjoyment in everything I do, so then nothing feels like a chore to me. Like I just you know, I always pick out the positives of it. Like, you know, everyone will see not everyone, most people see getting up at four AM as like a negative thing. Well no, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Get up at four AM and then I always go for a walk. I start my day with a walk. Even wow. just to walk around the block, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to get myself outside and be like, yeah, this is awesome and appreciate what you have. And then just find, from then on, my day is just all positives. I mean, don't get me wrong, you have bad days, but it's about picking yourself up and getting yourself through them and just sticking to your routine. And yeah, but I just, that's probably, yeah, just love what you do and pick out the positives of what you do. Love it. So look, yeah. we've probably covered quite a bit there around... Um, you know, powerlifting, how you got into it, how it's changed you, women in strength sports, mm. some of the influences. I'd love to now, like, transition and take a couple of minutes to kind of wrap up um, our um, time together talking about self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going like, to plant the seed now, a.k.a. self-love. Yeah. So why don't we move into that? Yeah. All right, so we've covered quite a bit so far, Hannah, and I'm loving working with you and this conversation can probably go on forever, but we're kind of, I think we're in the home stretch now and mm-hmm. we've touched a little bit, if I do a quick recap, um, sort of who you are, how you got into powerlifting, who some of your influences are, and I guess women in strength sports in general. Why don't we just, uh, I guess, close out the episode with a bit of a, a, a takeaway for people around self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Like you talked a little bit about Waking up at, was it 3.45? Yeah, 3.45, 4, 4.15, <laughs> my usual three alarms. Right, so waking but, up before yeah. the sun rises. Yeah. And people might be sitting there going, well, maybe you're a morning person, I'm not. So I think there's probably a whole segment to round things out around mm-hmm. self-discipline, perhaps a little bit about waking up, some of the routines, tips, tricks. Um, yeah. We've talked a little bit about food prep because I'm assuming yeah. you, you touched on that earlier, mm-hmm. how food's important to you, like... For course, me, it's yeah. sort of life. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> my, my life does revolve around when my next meal is going to be. Yeah, um, definitely. And then um, I think you know, from the last podcast I did, there was a lot of listeners who were fascinated by the topic of failure. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't seem like I can ever do that topic justice, but there's a couple of things that perhaps you and I can just ad lib around failure and um, the difference between discipline and motivation. How does yeah. that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Well, why don't we get into it and, and bring it home? So, three forty-five. Yeah. Were you a morning person to begin with? Are you absolutely bonkers? And is it hard to get up when the sun hasn't even shone yet? Yeah. It 
I can tell you that I'm absolutely bonkers right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really say I've ever been a morning person, and I struggled getting up throughout high school. Um, I remember in year 12, I'd wake up, I was at boarding school, and I would sleep through the alarms that they put across, and I had my boarding mistress coming in to me and be like, Hannah, you need to leave in 10 minutes. And I'm yeah. like, yep, no worries, and I'll get out of bed and go to school. Um, so being a morning person's not really been a thing to me, but it's sort of, it's, it's sort of like clicked when I'm like, all right, I have to be up this time for work. Why not make a routine of it and have a bit of consistency and get up this time every day yeah. and start your day like that? And then before you know it, I've done it. Well, this past week was the first time I've done it. I've done like three, like well, between 3.45 and 4 consistently throughout the week. And it was hard getting up before the yeah. sun, like before the sun, because it's, it's cold. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's happened with Sydney, but lately we've just had this massive cold snap yeah. come through and it's bloody freezing at the cord to four in the morning. I think it's called autumn and it's a bit delayed, but it's yeah, funny, I right? Think so. <laughs> and after living in England, you'd think I'd be used to it, yeah. but no, it is bloody cold. And, but you just, I don't know, it's something in my mind that is just like, no, just do it. Like get up, put your hoodie on, put your trackies on, go for a walk, then start your day. And that's what I do. So why don't we rewind a bit because yeah. it sounds like, um, and I did this in the last podcast, mm-hmm. I did share some stuff around morning routines. Yeah, of course. But it almost feels like the success of that routine doesn't start that morning, it starts the night before. Oh, 100% does. So the night before, I definitely have my routine. So, you know, I make sure, I make sure I've got food in the fridge for the next day because one, I hate spending money out. I hate, I hate eating out because I can't track my food. And two, I'm spending money, which I don't need to spend. Um, you know, eating out is sort of something... You know, it's a privilege. It's not something I should be doing every day. So I make sure all my meals are prepared and make sure I've got breakfast just ready to just put into my food bag and then go. I make sure that all my gym clothes are set out or whatever I'm wearing. Make sure all my bags are packed, which is I leave the house looking like I'm moving out because I'm taking so much stuff with me. Um, But I just make sure that everything's prepped prepped the night before. Um, And, yeah, and then I usually wind myself down with a headspace app, which I've heard so many people talk about it, and I'm like, this is great. Um, so I wind myself down each evening with that um, to, you know, prepare myself to get to bed. And I tell myself, I like, have positive thoughts of an evening being like, yep, you're going to get up early. Yes, it's going to be hard, but yeah. you can do it um, and it's going to be a great day. And because I feel like if you go to bed with negative thoughts, you're like, oh, crap, I need to be up early. Yep. Then you're like, well, it's, it's you know, then you're going to wake up feeling like, oh, shit, it's so early. I don't want to get out of bed. But if you go to bed with that positive like mindset, you're like, yeah, let's do this. It's almost like and you positively talk yourself into the next day, the night before. Yeah, hundred percent. So as like you know, and that sort of comes into my evening routine as well. Like you know, make sure everything's sorted first, meals prepped, bags packed. Then I'll go just you know lie in bed, headspace out, yeah. positive thoughts. Um, I write down th- three things that I'm grateful for at the end of every day, and you know reflect on my day, and then go to sleep. And then yeah, three forty-five, I'm up, <laughs> ready to go. And you guys should see the smile on your face talking about <laughs> going to bed and uh, getting ready for the next day. It's like, it's amazing. It's, so, and Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't come easy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people really need to understand that. It does not come easy. There are days where I do not want to get out of bed, but it's having that discipline to get yourself out of bed and start your day. Because, you know, I've done it before. I've stayed in bed and been like, no, nope, not getting out of bed today. And then my whole day is just so rushed and so rammed and so busy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Like, why did I not get out of bed <laughs> this morning? Like, And so it's just about pushing through and sticking with that routine um, until, you know, it becomes a lot easier. And it's a lot of people need to know it's not easy. 
but it becomes easier. Yeah, like um, I think there's a couple of things in there that we could unpack for people mm-hmm. and just simple tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one thing I didn't cover in my last podcast is why is routine so important? Mm-hmm. If you think about your life right now, everyone that's listening, we are creatures of habit. If you think back when you were at school, you effectively sat in the same desk, no matter what class you were in, same location. Uh, you hang out in the same place in the playground. You, you know, fast forward to university, you went mm-hmm. to the same cafe, you did the same thing, you crammed for your exam or you actually studied methodically. We are creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. When we get up in the morning, your brain is just literally waking up. And so if you give it time and space, it actually is going to go and do the path of easiest resistance. But if you don't, you say, right, here's my routine. It goes into autopilot. It just becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. And it reduces all that strain, all that energy, all that thought process, and all those little voices in the back of your head that says, just sleep in for another 15 minutes. Why don't we snooze? Why am I doing this? It's cold outside. Mm-hmm. It's dark. I can take a day off. You know, it's recovery. Like your yeah. brain starts to almost look for an easy way out. Of course it does. So I think giving it that routine to everyone that's listening if it's that important to you, mm-hmm. just like work is, we know work starts at 8.30, you know, finishes at 5.30 if you're doing a 9 to 5. Mm-hmm. You know, you go there Monday to Friday. No one ever questions that. So exactly. why wouldn't you kind of structure your day in the same way? So mm-hmm. some of the tips we might share um, or recap on is one, your day starts the night before. Yes, 100%. Get your stuff ready. Get your food ready. Mm-hmm. Get your head space ready mm-hmm. so that you can go into sleep, allow your body to recover, wake up almost with a running start mentally yeah, that morning. Um, you kind of get up at 3.45. So for mm-hmm. those that um, are thinking, well, I get up at 7.45, that's a three-hour gap. How do I bridge that? Mm-hmm. Quick tip, uh, one of the things I've done and I've seen other successful people do is just work backwards each week. Just bring your alarm forward 15 minutes. It's not going to disrupt your sleeping that much. Yeah. And so you go from 7.45 to 7.30, 7.30 to 7.15, 7.15 to 7, so on and so forth. And within a month or two, you're pretty much definitely worked your way through to an early wake-up. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then, you know, comes like, you know, with an early wake-up comes with an early night. So so what time do you go to bed? It does vary, <laughs> but <laughs> sometimes I can be asleep by 9 o'clock. Yep. Sometimes I'll be asleep at 11 o'clock. It sort of varies, but I try to get a bit of consistency. So I'm sort of in bed asleep probably by about 10 most nights. Um, so that you know, I can get up because I don't. I can't remember the last time I stayed up till past midnight. I'm pretty sure it was last weekend yeah. when I went out. So yeah. um, you know, it's just. So you do have a life. You do. I do have a life. I do socialize. I do socialize. But yeah, you know, with those early mornings, you need to really look after your sleep as well because sleep sleep is so important. Um, you know, it helps your recovery with your training. It helps you know with stress levels and. You know, everyone knows the benefits of sleep, so I try to have that consistent, you know, I try to get about six to eight hours sleep a night, and yeah. So I saw a a quote the other day that money doesn't sleep, but you need to sleep, and so um, while that sounds quite commercial and business-like, at the end of the day, just pretend that success doesn't sleep, Mm -hmm. but you need to, and for you to be at your best performance physically... You need to get that rest. Yeah. And people kind of forget that your mind is also physically powered. And so if you're low in energy, you're not going to function at your best mm-hmm. mentally, let alone physically. So I think there's something in that and maybe it's for another podcast. Um, some of the other tips that I think might be helpful is I did speak about this last time around about making your bed. Yes. Like it takes literally 45 seconds and that's if you've got 15 pillows. So um, <laughs> it shouldn't take you that long to make your bed. And I talked about the benefits of that. Yeah. 
this morning I had a moment where I was like, I think I'm cutting it fine for time. I don't want to make my bed. And I was like, no, it's going to happen yeah. because that's what I kind of preach. And it's just made a whole little difference for me to just overcome that 15 mm-hmm. second doubt of, right, I'm going to make the bed. Yeah. And it does set the day up for success. It does um, for sure. So I think we've covered a, a couple of things. Um, the last one I forgot to mention is I'm trialing a new habit, a new routine. Yeah. You might be interested in her. We all have uh, alarms to wake up, yeah. but none of us have an alarm that tells us to go to sleep at night. Oh, that's a good one. Sounds bizarre, right? Yeah. But it's almost like a prompter that wakes you or snaps your mind out of that relaxation zone mm-hmm. of watching Netflix or TV, being on your Instagram yeah. feed. And when that alarm goes off, for me it's about 10, 10, 15, mm-hmm. I know that it's time to start packing stuff away, switching my mind, time to go to bed. That's a really so, good one, actually. I might try that and, you know, step myself into a routine of getting, getting you know, the, the nightly routine, then maybe I'll get to bed consistently. So give that a go. And for those yeah. listening, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts yeah, once you've tried it. I want to hear some feedback on that if anyone tries it. And you mentioned before... Um, if we transition now a bit mm-hmm. more around food prep, um, we're not going to get into nutrition because no. I think um, I say this a lot to people I work with, that food and finance are the two most emotive topics and everyone's got an opinion and it's so like, it's so core to who we are that you know we were going to debate it all day long. But yeah. if we park nutrition and just talked about food in general, mm-hmm. maybe share some um, tips or what you kind of do yeah. when it comes to food prep. Okay, yeah. So obviously with my training, I nutrition is really important. Um, I guess in any athlete's life, they have to eat the right nutrition to perform well. And so I need to make sure that I'm getting that. And I, for those of you know, who know about it, I just cut, cut my macros. So that includes just prepping my meals and make sure that I've got my meals with me at all times. What, so, are, what, are, what are macros? Because I'm like... Macros. <laughs> so your macros are your proteins, fats, and carbohydrates that you have that make calories, essentially. And um, so, you know, I make sure if I'm cooking meals the night before... I'm cooking extra, so then I've got an extra three meals in my fridge to take with me for lunch or dinner. You know, if I'm out all day, you know, if I'm out from four in the morning until 7 p.m. at night, that's like five meals I need to take with me. So whether that's, you know, the night before, whether that's putting some yogurt in a container um, along with my muesli or cutting up some fruit and putting it in a container ready to put in my food bag. Yes, I carry a purple food bag around with me that has all my meals in it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that's just what I do. And so, you know, if you... Like every Sunday I spend about oh, probably about an hour and a half to two hours yeah. um, you know cooking some meals whether it's stir fry um, tuna bakes whatever to you know st- stuff that I enjoy that I know is gonna I can fit into my nutrition um, yeah and just prepping it that way you know every so that's Sunday and then same thing Wednesday if I'm cooking Wednesday night I'll make a bit a bit of extra meal like a few extra meals just to have in the fridge to take with me and look I, I think you know what I'd add to that if I can yeah this isn't about like eating extremely healthy or eating to the point of you know having a certain um, you know diet. I don't mm-hmm. think we're talking about that at all. What Not we're kind all. of talking about, even in simple terms, is just being that prepared that you're mm-hmm. saving time, you're making sure that you're fully you know energized, and that you've thought that. You know, you've set yourself up for success, not only for the next day, but the day after that, and potentially yeah. for the third day. Exactly. And if you're cooking a batch, like the, you know, the, the, the cooktop's already on. Yeah. The pan has to be washed. It's already dirty. Exactly. You may as well just throw a bit of extra, and everything comes in kind of bulk, and it comes from more than one person anyway, so exactly. you may as well just cook I it all. I cook for one person. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's exactly it. And, 
that I just had a point in my head which I was going to discuss and I can't remember what I was going to say. I can't remember what I was going to say. I'm sure it'll come back to me. When it comes back to you, let's, let's yeah. throw that in there. But I think there's something around food prep that I'd love for people to, again, mm-hmm. um, use the Anchor app, leave a voice <laughs> message, reach out to either Hannah mm-hmm. and I. Um, we have different potentially schools of thought around food and nutrition, yeah. but that's okay. Of course, because there's, there's no right or wrong. And that's what I was going to say is it's about having the flexibility. Um, within your diet and that's what I'm all about like I had macas last week I you know I like yeah I try eat, I eat healthy but I still allow that flexibility in my diet well, that's I had what a, I was going for I think we we're on the same page because on, on Friday I had like a whole pizza oh, to myself yeah. uh, wood fired truffle uh, let's not uh, I'm going to get hungry sure thinking about it, on right? Instagram. <laughs> so I think it's about being real and it's about yeah. a sustainable habit that works for you and, and also like treat yourself people like yeah when it comes to self-discipline, and maybe this is a topic we can transition to, mm-hmm. it is not about punishment. Exactly. It's not about punishing who you are. Mm-hmm. So, like, what does self-discipline mean to you, Hannah? Self-discipline is self-love, which is oh, discovering. Right, right, let's drop the mic I'm on that. Dropping it, yes. I'm discovering, you know, I watched a video the other day, and it's just self-discipline. It's not, like, it's often seen as a bad thing, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's, you know, you're doing it because you love and care for yourself and know that, if you eat a whole cake, that you shouldn't because you love yourself too much to do so. Yeah. And that's where it sort of comes is like you need to think is discipline's not a bad thing. You're doing it because you want to help your future self. And yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that cake, right? Because a yeah. lot of people think, again, we're talking about cakes, cookies, ice creams, pizzas, all yeah. that sort of stuff. That we're just talking about the physical element that all that stuff's not good for you physically. Mm-hmm. But I guess what I want to kind of chime in on is there's then a mental and emotional battle that comes with that where you beat Definitely. the shit out of yourself mentally. Yeah. You kick yourself in the head mentally of, why did I do that? I can't believe I did that again. Oh, my God, I'm, you know, like, I'm, I've eaten a cake. I may as well eat two. Not that yeah. I think that's quite rare, but, you know, yeah, you know the exactly. analogy yeah. there, right? One cookie, yeah. two cookies, three cookies. And exactly. then you're down this sort of spiral of, well, since I've had a bad meal I may as well have a bad day and since I've had a bad day you have a bad week and yeah. then and next thing you know you've had all these bad weeks and then mentally you're like oh gosh what have I done and it really does get you down mentally but that's it I mean if you like I said to you before if you if you're eating a bowl of pasta and you spill like spill something on your shirt you're not going to go pour a whole bowl of pasta <laughs> on you are you like that comes from a video that I saw the other day which is great but um, that's it like you know Yes, you're going to eat two slices of cake more than you should have, but that's okay because we do that. You just need to get yourself back onto track yes. then and there. Don't think of it as if like, oh, I've stuffed today up. Like, I've stuffed this meal up, which means I'm just going to eat whatever I want for the rest of the day. It's about having, I guess, that discipline and self-love to be like, that's okay, you had that extra piece of cake, but now let's get on track for the rest of the day. And, or, you know, if you... Uh, I, I don't know if you're at a work dinner or afternoon tea or something and you know you know that you can have one piece but you can't have that second piece and your mind is like now nah, just have that second piece it's going to be okay I think the discipline is being able to be like no you can't have that second piece because it's going to put you out and I, having that discipline to do so if that makes sense all that self love we want to call it of being like no I love you too much for you to not have that cake like you can't if you have that cake now, yes, it's going to feel great short term, but you're going to feel shit about it long term. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I don't want to just reframe something around um, one of the things I do for myself. Um, I think self-talk is quite important because we probably talk to ourselves more than anybody else. We just oh, don't sure. realize it, right? And I'm not suggesting that is cuckoo. 
if anything, that's just what we do as human beings day, day in, day out. Mm-hmm. You think out loud in your own mind. Definitely. Um, and so, like, I actually want to reframe that I can't have that piece of cake to I'd rather not have that piece of cake mm-hmm. or I don't need to or I don't want yeah. to. Or to your point, am I making a healthy decision that's right for me in the long term? Mm-hmm. Like, is is uh, is the decision I'm making going to be, you know, tested up the next day? Would exactly. I feel right about it? And is it the right thing to do if I've got a bigger goal? And, and if you ask that, so if you ask yourself just that one question, what's the right thing to do by myself? And would I reflect on this the next day? The answer is probably going to be I'm not going to have that piece of yeah, cake. Yeah, exactly. Um, or to your point, you know, just if you are going to eat that bloody cake or that slice of it, just see it as a treat. Like you're enjoying mm-hmm. it. Why are you punishing yourself with all this guilt and negative self-talk? Yeah, exactly. Just get in there. And it's like, this is my treat. This is my mm-hmm. reward. And have a bit of a sprint and then celebrate with whatever your favorite food might be. It sounds yeah. like it's cake for you, Hannah. For me, it's a slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah, cake, pizza, donuts. Whatever works. Yeah, for sure. And we talked um, a little bit about um, so, some of those self-discipline, self-love. Mm-hmm. I actually just want to kind of cap this uh, segment out there's this sort of um, like prevailing thought at the moment that self-love and self-care is selfishness. Mm-hmm. And I just want to like debunk that because I'm actually sick of hearing people talk about, oh, you know, you're just looking after yourself and God, you focus on your nutrition or your training or, mm-hmm. you know, what about time for your family and friends? And I just want to deal with this right here, right now, because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people here listening that are kind of going, well, where do you have time for everything else? Isn't it a bit selfish? Are you just focused on your own stuff? And I guess what I would love to say to people is if you're not looking after yourself and showing yourself self-love and Mm self-care, you're effectively running yourself down into the ground and someone in your immediate circle, friends or family or co-workers, are going to be burdened with the fact that they're going to have to pick you up, look after you. If you're not at work and you're sick because you haven't looked after your health, they're doing the extra work. Mm -hmm. If at home you've got a partner and you're sick, then you're out of action for them. You can't be there for them. Uh, you can't necessarily, you know, celebrate certain things with your family. If you're in a grumpy mood, you're not going to make time for your friends. So I'm just sort of, I want people to reframe caring after yourself is actually caring after other people because you're listening to load. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Cool? Yeah. Um, both Hannah and I are looking at the whiteboard at the moment. <laughs> We've got a bit of a prompter whiteboard and there's a topic that, you know, we're both uh, wanting to tackle and it came up in my last mm-hmm. podcast and you know a lot of the listeners inundated with me with me with um a lot of feedback around you know you talked about failure but we want more like what is yeah. it let's talk about failure and it's a pretty um delicate it's, topic yeah it's a little big topic like and it needs a whole podcast yeah, it really episode does. itself but <laughs> I, I just are you open to kind of like maybe a couple of minutes we give it a crack yeah, and course, talk a little bit about failure? yeah I, I might i might kick it off with um I actually feel like I failed in my first uh, episode. Um, we had a, a bit of a theme there around being a boss in heels, and Lara and I were so excited that we didn't touch on that. So there will be another episode that's coming that actually goes back and addresses that theme. And I also um, want to acknowledge that it's okay to own your mistakes. Like, none of us were born experts. Mm-hmm. Like, even today's podcast, Hannah and I were chuckling uh, before. We tried to get a bit of an intro music happening for the first segment. <laughs> And then we don't know how to turn it off for the rest of it. So if you're listening and you've been kind of going, what's this background music? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Hannah and I experimenting and maybe that is a failure. But, hey, we're going to own it. Learn and move on. Learn and move on. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So what does failure mean to you, Hannah, and like, how do you kind of reframe it in your mind and work around it? I guess uh, failure is, I, I mean, it's a massive thing, but I think if you don't fail, you don't succeed because you're never going to get somewhere if you don't fail. It doesn't make sense. Like, you never, I just, I don't know, it's just. It's a hard topic it's, to it's articulate, It's a really hard topic, yeah. and I just, like, you need to experience failure and not be scared of failure in life. And um, that used to be one of my biggest fears was failure because I was like, I don't want to fail. What if I fail? But I guess until you fail at something, you can't really move on, if that makes sense. Like, I think if you have that fear of failure in your mind, then you're going to fail. Like, rather than thinking... Like, like if you're so scared of... I don't really know how to put this into context, but if you're scared of failing it, then you're probably not going to do it. Like... It's like a lot of people I speak to about studying a powerlifting comp, for instance. We'll go back to powerlifting. But people are like, I don't want to do a powerlifting comp because I'm scared of not getting PBs or scared of failing. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to know until you do it. And even if you don't get a PB, you've still done it. It's still experience and you're still going to learn from it. And so, yeah, you need to, I don't know, you need to sort of push that failure to aside and know that in life, there's things that you are going to fail at, but then that's going to get a, bring you back stronger to then learn from it, Yeah, I guess. So. Look, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. It's a big one. It's a, it's a tough one. And even like, I feel like I fail at talking about failure because I can never articulate it mm. in, in words where it just resonates with people. Of course. Because it's not a logical thing. It's an emotive thing and mm-hmm. you almost have to go through it, feel it, do it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, last week I had a shocker week at work just going to put it out there and I probably made a whole bunch of mistakes that were I was better than that mm-hmm. and I remember sitting at work going alright I have a choice I can, either I can beat the crap out of myself mentally mm-hmm. and just walk away and avoid owning my mistake or I can put my hand up say that I've let the team down I've let a couple of things drop and just get it over and done with and move on and to my surprise not one person who I acknowledged and apologised to actually bit me as hard as I bit myself up mm-hmm. mentally. Exactly. If anything, they were more understanding, supportive, mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, not as a sweeping statement, so I'll, I'll kind of qualify it. In 98% of circumstances, and don't use that as a scientific number, I'm just trying to say <laughs> in the majority of situations, failure is not fatal. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not talking about life and death. In most um, of our daily interactions... When we fail, it's usually just in our heads and we catastrophize it. Yeah, of course. But it's not fail. Like, I don't think anyone's died from sending the wrong email out. Mm. Don't know. Maybe. Maybe 1% of yeah. cases. I don't think anyone's died from screwing up a podcast. Well, I certainly haven't. I've screwed up a couple of them already. <laughs> um, and I don't think anybody has you know, um, died from failing a lift. You know, yeah, I'm not exactly. sure what weight they'd be lifting to, to kind of hurt themselves really badly. I'm yeah. sure it's possible, but I'm Definitely. assuming no one's really died. Exactly. It's like... I, I don't think anyone has, but it's, I mean, it's like if you go in a competition being scared of failing a lift, then the chances are you're going to fail it because mentally you're like, oh, this 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 bike's going to be too heavy, what if I fail it? Then you're going to go in thinking, oh shit, it's heavy, it's heavy, it's heavy, and then before you know it, you've failed it physically because mentally you weren't there. And it's like, if you fail a lift, 
Are you just going to not go on with the rest of the competition? No, you're going to get your shit together and move on. Yeah. And then, yeah. And I think that's another thing. You just need to not be so hard on yourself if you do feel like you've failed. I mean, but what even defines failure? Like, it could be anything to someone. Like, it could be not showing up to the gym, leaving the gym because I didn't train because the gym was too busy, which I've done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you just got to don't be so hard on yourself. Think positively and just be like, all right, okay, that happened, but how can you, like, reverse that and learn from it and make it better? So last week I went to the gym. It was really busy. I freaked myself out mentally yeah. and was like, I can't train. I went to my car and sat in my car and cried for 10 minutes because wow. it was really busy and I was just had a really shit day. And I'm like, oh, gosh. now I've And then, then I got home and I was like, shit, I've missed my training session. What am I going to do? I went to the gym the next day and did a double session instead and made up for it. So you, you just need to not be so hard on yourself and then work out ways you can, I guess, move on and make up for it. And don't let that one failure ruin your day, week, or month. Yeah, I love that. Mm. I love that. And thank you for sharing that because that's, you know, people will be going, oh, why, why would you be crying in your car? And then, <laughs> that's so like, what's that about? I mean, right? you just, I don't know, I think... I, I, I was in tears to Adele actually and she she's like Hannah stop being so hard on yourself like it happens to all of us and I feel like it's like you know failure is not talked about a lot of the time and people need to know that yeah it happens and yes yeah, so I'm sharing that out yeah I was sat in my car having an emotional breakdown <laughs> um, because I didn't go to the gym and everyone's probably going to laugh at me for this but I don't care because it happened and I moved on with it and it's about how well you move on with something afterwards and how, how well you pull yourself together again so, so here's my challenge to everyone listening. Um, I think, you know, uh, Hannah just said something really powerful that we've skipped over. It's, I'd love for you to, for those that are listening, actually just get a paper and pen. And I want you to actually define what failure means to you and define what success means to you. Because what is success? Is it having the fancy car, having the six-figure income? Is it having the perfect body? Is it having the, you know, having a partner? Like, those things are just what other people have imposed on us, mm-hmm. whether it's society, celebrities, or just the status quo. Or even, like, frankly, Instagram. Like, mm. you know, I put up stuff that's highlight, the highlights reels of my life. And I don't put, like, the times when I am sad or angry or lost or just hurt. Yeah. We don't put those things up there because it's not shiny and it's not beautiful. And so... My challenge to everyone listening is, why don't you actually go about defining what is success for you? Mm-hmm. What does success mean to you? Because what it means to you will be different to Hannah, different to me. And then I'd love for you to then map out failure. Like when you say, I am afraid of failing, failing at what? And what would that look like? And so mm-hmm. one of my schools of thought, and I do a lot of work with different individuals around failure, I don't want you to just prep, prep yourself up to say, I'm going to succeed. I'm only going to visualize positive things. Sometimes it does help for you to get intimate with that sensation of failure, thinking about what's the worst case scenario. Am I telling myself a story that's fear-based or am I telling myself a story that's love-based? And mm-hmm. you know, I did put up a post a couple of weeks ago on my Instagram that um, the word fear uh, stands for false evidence appearing real. And it's just this story we tell ourselves that we failed when in actual fact, if you're, if you're afraid of failing, mm-hmm. I would say that means you're feeling something. And if you're feeling something, it just means you're human. So go easy on yourself. Exactly. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. So there's the challenge, everybody. Just pull out a paper and pen, write what success looks like for you mm-hmm. in, in a certain area, what failure then could look like, get intimate with that, figure out worst case scenario. Is it a 
is it perceived or is it real? Is it realistic? What are the probabilities of it? Just really grapple with failure, whatever topic or situation in your life you're trying to work through. And then maybe come back to it in a couple of weeks once you've done that damn thing, whether it's powerlifting, a podcast, Instagram, whatever yeah. it might be, a relationship, a conversation, work, a project, and reflect back on that notebook and say, out of the 10 things I was afraid of that would happen, how many of them actually happened? And I can guarantee you that most of them would be just in your head. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's all in your head. All right. 100%. So is there anything else on failure that we should talk about? Because it feels like it's one of those like downer topics um, that people want to hear about it. Exactly. I feel like I feel like there's so much to talk about it. And I feel like it's probably could be done on a podcast by itself. But I think we've covered a lot of things of what failure is, I guess. And, you know, yeah. So the key message there, team, just, and for those listening. I guess just know that it's okay to fail sometimes or it's not even that you're failing it's just it's okay to feel like you're failing because but in reality you're probably not you're probably just being too hard on yourself and it's just a case of giving yourself that pep talk being like no nah, you've got this let's go how can we make this better and then moving on with it you know one of the best things i've ever seen and heard is that uh failure is on the other side of the coin to success definitely it's comes kind of part and parcel and if of you're not course. failing you're not stretching yourself hard enough you're not solving bigger problems yeah and if you're not failing you're actually far more behind the eight ball on success than you actually think and so um you know right now i feel like i'm failing on this topic which (laughs) sounds bizarre i'm failing on talking about failure i'm like are we dragging it on are people still listening what's going on should we wrap it up (laughs) but that's again back to your point just it's all part of the process exactly it is 100 percent. so cool Cool. I think I think Hannah, like, I've I've really enjoyed having you yeah. on. I've loved your energy. I've loved some of the um, personal things that you've shared. That you know, um, you've made yourself quite open and vulnerable and accessible, which mm-hmm. you know I think is is, a, is an amazing trait to have. We've covered quite a lot about you know who you are, how you and I met, the fact that we're talking to a phone with a glove on, which yeah. I'll, I'll post on Instagram <laughs> so people can see what I'm we're sure. seeing. Um, and then we talked a little bit about women in strength sports, and we've wrapped up the session. We fumbled our way through the session about failure. <laughs> yes, failure and self-discipline. And, yeah. So I'd love um, for those that are listening, you know, if you're using the Anchor app, you can leave a voice message feedback. Mm-hmm. So just pick up the phone, hit the message button. Um, you can reach Hannah and I. We'll put our details up on yeah, Instagram. Sure. Um, I want to again thank you for the time that you've invested to listen through. This is episode number two, and apparently um, the average number of episodes that people do before they fail and stop doing podcasts is 1.4. I heard that somewhere. So they usually do two or three. So we're at the two mark. Um, this won't be my last episode. There'll be another one hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly when. I'm just going to regroup. But I'd love to invite everybody to send uh, feedback to myself for Hannah. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you on behalf of Hannah and I for your time. It's precious to us for listening. I hope you've taken a couple of tips from today. And if anything, you've just taken um, confidence and um, strength that you can just do anything you want and don't overthink it. Yeah, exactly. Just, just just, go for it. Just go for it. But, yeah, no, thanks for listening, guys. I've really enjoyed sitting here this morning and talking about it. So, yeah, if anyone has any questions or any feedback, just reach out to us. So until okay. next time, look after yourselves, and let's continue the conversation uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Sounds good. Bye, Thank all. You. Bye.